Welcome to the Hydric and Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hydric is the premier global provider of senior level executive search and leadership consulting services. Diversity and inclusion, leading through tumultuous times, and building thriving teams and organizations are among the core issues we talk with leaders about every day, including in our podcasts. Thank you for joining the conversation. Hi, I'm Claudia Schneider. I'm a consultant with Hydrogen Struggles in the Munich office and a specialist in HR executive search. In today's podcast, I'm speaking to Livia Freudel, Senior Vice President, Head of Human Resources at Varian, a U.S. radiation oncology treatment and software maker headquartered in Palo Alto, California, and now a Siemens Healthy Nears company. Livia spent over 15 years of her career at Siemens in various HR roles. She joined Siemens Healthy Nears in 2019 and was appointed to her current role in April 2021. Livia, welcome and thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you so much, Claudia. It's wonderful to be here. Livia, you moved into the role when Varian was acquired by Siemens Healthy Nears. What has changed in terms of Varian's people strategy since the acquisition? And what are your main drivers to achieve full integration? So I think the first thing and most important thing for our two companies, for now one, is that we really want to shape the future of healthcare together. So now after the acquisition, we have more than 66,000 people in more than 75 countries and bringing these organizations together is really a commitment that we have to pioneer breakthroughs in healthcare for everyone, everywhere. So the key driver for the combination is to realize synergies that help us address the needs of our patients. On that note, Livia, you mentioned healthcare for everyone and everywhere. Um, what does that imply now for Varian in the current Ukraine crisis? First of all, let me say it's a horrible situation. And my thoughts are with all the people affected in the Ukraine and in Russia. As a healthcare company, we are committed to providing access to healthcare for everyone, everywhere. That also means we try very hard to make sure that we support our customers to be able to provide healthcare to people and patients in the Ukraine and in Russia. We have donated equipment to hospitals to help the population in the Ukraine. Our employees have been donating more than 600,000 euros and more than 70,000 US dollars so far. We will match this amount as a company. Already in the first week of the war, Siemens Healthineers donated 1 million euros as immediate help for refugees coming from the Ukraine. And up to now, in total, our employees and Siemens Healthineers have been donating more than 3 million euros. And in your experience, I mean, what has worked to determine the culture for the merged companies that support the strategy? And how have you been able to work and shape the new culture in your role? For us, this was a very important point in the combination because we felt that on the one side, the cultures of our two organizations are quite similar. It was very surprising. We did surveys to really know kind of what we have and what we find. And seeing that was very insightful. At the same time, we also knew that it will be extremely important for the people to feel we are one. So how could we achieve that? 
And, you know, the culture and working on a combined culture was a key step for that. So I was part of a project team where we paid particularly attention to making sure that the voices of our people are heard. So there was a small core team, you know, that was kind of steering the process, defining how we go about it. But that, but there were hundreds and hundreds of people, you know, who were asked for their opinion, who participated in workshops, and who then also worked on defining the combined culture. And that brings me actually to my next question, because when you joined Livia, obviously you joined in a very critical time in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and obviously you were not able to meet with the entire team immediately. So how did you make sure you built the trust uh, from the beginning, even though you had to, to lead the uh, team virtually? And I mean, you, you said it, Claudia, right? I mean, It was a huge challenge. And if anybody had told me before the pandemic that we would do an acquisition of that size fully virtually, I would have said, no, look, this is not possible. Yeah, but I mean, we were somehow forced to make it work. And I have to say it worked a lot better than any of us thought. You know, we just yesterday had a final meeting of a project team where we said, okay, we're now coming close to year one. So this will be the last meeting that we have in this group will end kind of the project setup. And I thought, oh my God, you know, it's unbelievable what we have achieved as a group in a fully virtual setting. So at the same time, of course, you know, being fully virtual, you know, means, and particularly in a, in a situation like an acquisition where there is so much anxiety, insecurities, because people don't know what to expect. They don't know the company. You, you, you can do a lot of great presentations, but just the moment when you really come together, people start feeling what this company is like, because in the end, it's about the people that they meet. So, yeah, I've really spent a lot of time um, in one-on-ones, in conversations, making sure that we create an environment of trust and vulnerability Where on the one side, you know, people can really talk about their anxieties, what's on their mind. At the same time, I as a leader was also able to, you know, create as much transparency as possible and really continue that dialogue on a constant basis. Yeah. So not just a one-time thing, but more or less in every meeting, checking in with the team. How are you doing? What's working? What's not working? But similarly, you know, in one-on-one -on -one conversations. I think I've never spent so much time in one-on-one -on -one conversations than during that last year. Interesting. So really making sure that you spend a lot of time with the individual team members. Are there any other processes or structures you found especially helpful when having this particular challenge in leadership? Yeah, I mean... I think and this is, again, very much also related not only to this virtual world, but also to this acquisition situation. I mean, people were newly coming together. They sometimes didn't know what to expect. And even though our cultures were very similar, the way how we expressed the culture was extremely different. So what I try to invest a lot of time in is to help people understand that we are in a situation where two extremely successful companies come together. So every side must have done a lot of things right. Otherwise, we would not have been so successful. So it's important to stay open and be very curious about learning about how the other side has done things and not come in with a judgment, oh, look what they do, you know, this can't be right, or I don't like that, or this is wrong. 
Yeah, so really spending a lot of time on helping people to understand it's worth pausing, it's worth listening, it's worth learning, and it's worth always assuming good intent. Yeah, so this is not really a structure, it's not really a program. And that made it also hard, by the way, you know, to work on it and implement it in the organization because it's not so tangible and we're, you know, engineering companies. Um, so people would love to have things that are, you know, data driven and that they can kind of touch and feel. Um, but it's something that we invested a lot of time in. And I would also imagine, you know, you mentioned those two very successful companies coming together. This creates a much higher request for diversity all of a sudden. So, you know, what is Varian doing in terms of diversity, equity and inclusion? Diversity, equity, inclusion is an absolute top priority for us at Siemens Healthineers and equally at Varian. So it's embedded in our goals and we're constantly working on these topics. So on the one side, you know, we are really focused on ensuring that we achieve a diverse workforce. So this is more the KPI perspective on DNI. But we all know, of course, this is not everything. Equally important is that we foster a really inclusive culture. So we focus on inclusive leadership as well as, you know, a lot of support in terms of training for our organization um, to foster an inclusive um, culture. And we also measure that, you know, we have a very data driven approach to DEI. So we work with a DEI dashboard, but we also have on an ongoing basis um, at the moment on a biweekly basis, not biweekly the same questions, but on a biweekly basis, checkpoints in the organization where we ask questions, where we constantly see how we develop on these KPIs. At the same time, you know, we also focus on two more things. One is, and I think we talked, touched a little bit on it at the beginning, you know, we want to make sure that everybody on this planet has access to care. So that's also a part, you know, of equity and inclusion that we drive, that we work on ensuring that people have access to care and that we, you know, also with the impact, I mean, we're a company of quite a size, support also the society in, you know, creating an equitable um, environment for everybody. And obviously, Livia, what you bring to the table is leadership experience in a European setup and now most recently in a US setup. So do you see any differences uh, when it comes to DE and I across the US and Europe? Yeah. yeah, I reflected about that question quite a bit because my spontaneous reaction was, well, is it really so different? But I would say, you know, that in the US, a lot of things, and this is, of course, also historically based, are a lot more clear already, so not at question. So where, you know, coming back to my experience in Germany, very often you still find people in the country where you have to argue, you know, why are we investing in, in uh, gender equality? Why are we investing in diversity? That's not a question in the US, full stop. Yeah, that's a given and it's not something to be questioned. So the nice thing about it is that you don't have to discuss that and you can focus a lot more also on, you know, just making it happen. And on the other side, also a lot more on the inclusiveness. So I think that's a major difference. I don't want to speak for the whole, you know, you know, for all countries in Europe, there might be difference here and there. But when I compare it directly to Germany, that's for sure a difference. 
And on that note, Livia, what can we here in Germany or in Europe, what can we learn? Um, what would you, you know, moving eventually, hopefully back to Europe and being an addition here, um, what would you implement and what would you then do differently? Well, you know, I've, I'm just connecting to a LinkedIn post that I read yesterday of a wonderful colleague who also shared some numbers around what has the pandemic done, for example, in regards to gender equality um, in Germany. And I mean, we all knew that the pandemic will have a negative impact. Um, it's sad to see, you know, how much it is. And it's again sad to see, you know, how much of that very traditional mindset is still there. Um, so for me, you know, the most important thing would be to really ensure that we just drive things with more consequence. I'm very happy, you know, to see that we had, you know, at least some quotas implemented because I truly believe that a key driver to be faster on DE&I will be that we have diverse representation in decision-making levels. That's absolute key in my view. And I would be very consequent in implementing that just to help us get into the next level. There are, of course, a lot of, you know, additional things around, you know, ensuring that families and, you know, that's not related to a specific gender. It's related to men and women and equally also related to single parents, you know, where I sometimes question, are we really already there that we have a setup in the country that allows people to work and have a family without suffering? Yeah, because sometimes I think, yeah, it's possible, um, but Is it really still healthy? You know, when I look at some of the couples I know, and I don't even want to talk about people who are single parents. So I think there's also structurally a lot that we still have to do. And also from a process perspective, you know, when we think about selection, I think there's so much more that we can do to reduce bias in selection, which would also allow a lot more diverse candidates to come to the top. Yeah, absolutely. And this, Livia, I think is a topic we could spend at least another hour on this topic. It's it's certainly very fascinating and, and very important to all of us. Um, if you allow me, let's just move to another also really important topic, which is corporate social responsibility and sustainability. And obviously you, as head of human resources, you play a crucial part in that too. So what is your role in driving Varian's social responsibility and sustainability agenda? And let me maybe start, you know, more from a um, company level. I think the most important aspect for us, you know, when we talk about social responsibility is truly to ensure access to medical care for everyone everywhere. You know, the, the key driver there is it should not matter where you are, whether you live or survive, and it shouldn't matter how much money you have. There's, of course, other aspects, you know, on sustainability that we're, of course, extremely committed to, which are, you know, sustainable business practices, you know, going from respecting the environment, but then, of course, also ensuring that human, human rights are really truly lived up to in every kind of business that we do. When I focus more on the HR side, you know, and where I and also my team, you know, is really driving um, topics extremely is, of course, the ENI, which is an integral part of sustainability. And then, you know, of course, everything also around training and development of people. 
And I mean, the, the voices, you know, also in the societies are extremely loud now. And I'm very happy about that. You know, I've sometimes conversations where people say, oh, my God, you know, where's the world turning to? And talent gets so much more demanding. It's not only that they want to have an exciting job, but now they're also questioning, you know, do I really live up to all the sustainability topics? Do I truly, um, you know, do I truly have a mission and a vision as a company that helps changing the world? But honestly, Claudia, I'm very happy about that development because it will just make our planet so much better. But it's something that we have to meet as employers. Yeah? Talent now is not only asking for what's exactly my role, what are my development opportunities. They are asking, what do you do in regards to DNI? Where are you currently? What are you doing for sustainability? And that's great. I was going to ask you exactly. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're seeing an effect on talent attraction and retention. So would you say that, you know, companies like Varian who have a clear strategy and clear mission and values, um, you know, win the war for talent if you want, because as we all know, it's such an active and hot market right now. Totally. And I think it's a main contributor. Yeah, so I would say it's for sure an advantage. It's not everything. Yeah, I mean, people, and I think it's, it's one of the key topics that we all experience now during the pandemic. People have reconnected to what do I really want? You know, what, what, what's the life that I want to live in this world? Because death was so much closer and, you know, not knowing what the world will be tomorrow was just bringing up a lot of very fundamental questions for a lot of people. And this also brought up the question, where do I want to live? You know, where's my family? Where do I feel home? And they're no longer willing to say, just because the best job is there, I'm going to move there. And that's something that we have to manage as employers. And this will also define, you know, how attractive we are. Livia, a very broad but very important last question. Um, so when you look at your background and your experience and expertise, what piece of advice would you give future CHROs? What are the, you know, the must-haves they need to bring to the table to be successful in an environment as we have today? Yeah, I think much more than in the past, you know, we are not administrators of people processes, but truly part of a management team that defines the future of our businesses. And this, of course, also means that we need very different skill sets. You know, we need to come in and truly understand the business. We need to, you know, be strategists who can also develop um, business strategies, not only the people strategies, we're an integral part of that. So that's for sure, you know, very true for HR leaders, but I think it's it's very true also further down in the organization and also a key driver to differentiate us. And when I look at, you know, HR in general, I would also say there's a lot more project management that is required and a lot more change management. Change is coming so fast, you know, so dramatically fast that sometimes we, you know, we're still in the middle of one thing and then the next thing already comes along and we have to make sure that we're fully equipped to also support that change in the organization and support the leaders in managing that change. I think that's a perfect, you know, closing. Um, so thank you so much, Livia, for making the time to speak with us today. Greatly appreciate it and all the best to you. Thank you, Claudia. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. 
To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.